Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we talk Game of Thrones over breakfast or your drive or whatever you're doing. It's Tony Hans and Jeremy in with you today hitting season one, episode nine, almost there, and strawberry yogurt for the old scone today. Welcome, boys. What's up? Happy Thursday. What's up? What's going on? What's going on? Sconing on. Super excited, uh, almost a Friday. Oh my gosh, and almost at the end of this crazy season. This is the episode that in my head, when I think of season one, everything I think of that's at the end of the season, except for one thing, happens in this episode. So the fact that it is all going down before the last episode throws me off. Yeah, I think it was interesting. Uh, we've seen episode 10. I, I don't know why they need to actually to do an episode 10 i think they could have made this a little longer and kind of covered the same kind of points um and ended a, b- a better season ending because this was such a a moment if you will i mean they, they'd have to make it longer for sure just to to touch quickly hitting the wiki here so much happens in this one it's called Baylor, by the way and it says on the old game of thrones wiki with sansa's life in danger ned makes a fateful decision Catelyn brokers an unsavory deal with the slippery Walder Flay. <laughs> Tyrion acquires a mistress and is forced by his father to fight on the front lines. Rob wins his first major victory and captures a prized prisoner. Oh my gosh, who could it be? John is rewarded for his valor and discovers a dark secret about Maester Aemon. As Drogo's wound festers, Danny defies Quotho and puts her trust in the enslaved witch, Miri Mazdur. Sorry, I dropped my pen. Uh, Yeah, what did you guys think of episode nine, Baylor? I think it's, I mean, just like you said, I think it's the the pinnacle of the season. I mean, this is what it, this is what it was all about, is this episode. It's, It's good. I think it's my favorite episode of the season by far. We open up in the dungeons with Ned Stark and uh, a robed Lord Varys talking a little bit. And it's one of my favorite quotes that not only shows like the, the uh, setting of this whole show very well, but really kind of goes and brings around Ned's character. Um, that he's not just this honorable guy, but he, he has grown up in some shit. You know, he says like, oh, you grew up around actors. I grew up around soldiers. I learned how to die a long time ago. I was trying to remember from the last episode to this one with the Varys when they're with with Cersei in the council and they're talking about like uh, calling the herd or whatever and everyone's saying, mm-hmm. oh no, murder everyone. I don't remember what his, does he give his opinion? I don't remember if, if he says anything in that moment. Not to my recollection. Because everyone else is like, do it, kill everyone, right? Everyone's yeah. like, yep, yeah, murder um, you you can't and you can't risk you know having Sansa and the family because it's a traitor's daughter and all those things. But I just trying to remember that because that because outside of that he's always tr- I think trying to provide Ned with kind of like the honest view of the world right then. And I think yeah. Ned often doesn't always hear him and he gets told by Littlefinger some other people he kind of loses his way a little bit. So I think it's interesting that Varys is still reaching out to him um, knowing that. Well, I mean, he, he kind of fore, foreshadows that very well. Like, look, what what way do you want to be remembered? How do you want your death yeah. to be? Right? It's a good point. The uh, Yeah, honor doesn't necessarily matter once you're in the grave if you got nothing to show for it. Exactly. Exactly. And I think he says, you know, you're in that situation now where it can just be you dying or it can be you and many of your family. And screw it. Right? Why do you have yeah. to hold this this honor thing so so above everything else? And I mean, and Ned's just holding onto straws, right? I mean, like, and, and I understand it. And I think his character's up to this point has been very much that person so 
we get a lot of introductions or a couple oh at least God, characters so that I think are uh, what we could call Achilles heels of certain fan favorites. We get introduced to uh, Shay, uh, the whore that Tyrion quartz or that Bronn steals from another man who uh, is, you know, going from a one-off character to becoming kind of a fan favorite for a minute. Some people like Shay a lot. Uh, you know, I think she's got this cool vibe with Tyrion and then ultimately goes on to be a pretty shitty person. Uh, and I, I don't think the first part could be said, but he seems harmless relatively at first, um, but will certainly play a major part down the road. Walder Frey, uh, what'd you guys think of, of his introduction? Getting to see, besides Sean Bean, again, one of our first recognizable faces. Yeah, from uh, from the good old Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Where he played, uh, I think, Hermione, right? Is that what you think so? Hermione? It's Hermione. <laughs> Hermione. Uh, played Argus Filch, of course, in, in Harry Potter. Uh, which, by the way, would be the worst person to be in, in Harry Potter. I don't, know how, I don't know how up you guys are on the lore of Hogwarts. Uh, Argus Filch is a character called a squib, which is the opposite of a muggle. It's a non-magic user born to a magic family and so he's like around it and he works at the school but he can't do magic and he just probably <laughs> hates himself <laughs> he does hate himself um anyway he should hate himself in this show as well because walder frey super creepy upon his introduction uh we see a, a very weird scene with him and his kids and then as as we know gets just uh, the downfall of everything yeah. that we know and love down the road. Yeah, the creepiness never goes away either. So. Yeah, when he's like tapping that one girl on the ass to shoo her away. One girl, you mean? You mean his own his own blood? Is that, yeah. Yeah, well, that's his wife. Is that his wife? Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, but yeah, that's wife. Yeah, but isn't that his, like, like his isn't daughter? That his, or his wife? Isn't it his daughter too? I I don't know. I don't about know. that. There's one part Maybe? where he I think he, he marries full... his own daughters. Yeah. Oh. Oh, he's a full hand of that ass as he's like, you, he's like <laughs> fickle I may, have, I may have just made that up, but I'm pretty sure. I think you might be confusing it with the guy north of the wall who we get introduced to next season, Craster. Oh, maybe. But, but maybe he does as well. Who's to say? Uh, but that scene brings up an interesting, I'm going to get philosophical here for a moment. Were the Starks ultimately defeated by a river? Because the whole reason that any of the shit down the line happens, you can trace back to the fact that they need to cross this river right now and that they, they need to jump through, uh, jump through hoops or wedding bands to do it. <clears throat> but it wasn't just him, right? I mean, Rob makes some choices down the road yeah. as well that ultimately yeah, exactly. has some of this play out. Uh, of course. So I, I I don't know. I think I think yes to an extent because obviously if they didn't have to go through him, things would have played out much differently. But Rob also made his own decisions. Not that I think he, <laughs> not that I think he deserves what he gets. But I think that there is this cool irony to it in that um, this river, the Trident, is where the war Robert's Rebellion was won, where uh, Rhaegar Targaryen was defeated. It's kind of cool. That is interesting. A little fun fact for you. I think Starks end up losing everything because Bran likes to climb towers. I mean, you know, if he could just, <laughs> if he could just stop being a fucking monkey, everything would have been fine. Just keep his peepers to himself. <laughs> it wouldn't be in any of this mess. Fair enough. I guess you could say it. Although, if he didn't climb the tower, he would have gone to the capital, and then he would have been climbing around up there, and who knows who what knows? he would have seen. Probably all kinds of twin sass, So, <laughs> Oh, it's... Uh, it's beautiful, though. So what did you, what did you think of uh, of Tyrion and his new love, or his new whore, and, and the, the whole drinking game? Um, 
I thought I think that was actually one of my favorite parts of this. Um, just because again, you know, you're getting you're getting a little onion, you're getting more layers of Tyrion, and I like that to see that he he has th- what he thought was love and and believes that he is you know more than just this outcast son and then he gets kind of told you know that she was a whore and then he had to be made yeah. watch all those things happen and now he's kind of like everyone is expendable which to be honest is probably the best lesson he can learn it's a it's a crazy little bit of his backstory and stuff and where you first start to see that oh tywin lannister here's where that ruthless side is we're not seeing it but we're hearing about it and right. um and you can kind of get that eerie creepy vibe from him now this is jeremy you would know this of course because you read the books uh, Hans probably does not know this. And again, this comes to play way later, like way down the road when Tyrion is in prison and Jamie frees him. Jamie tells Tyrion that she was not a whore and yeah. that his father yeah. made up that story after the fact. And in the show, we never get that revelation. Shit. Yeah, I couldn't remember that if that actually came out in the show or not. Yeah. yeah. You, you like to spoil him. I like to lead Hans into a trap. I'd be like, yeah. you don't know. <laughs> Read a book. I, That's crazy. I know that that comes out way, way later, but it, it sets up this weird fact um, in the books where Tyrion starts to, to, starts to kind of get this terrible relationship in his mind <laughs> yeah. with his brother yep. that we never really see in the show as yep. of yet um so it's interesting i think they're leaving that relationship that that bridge unburnt to see what happens with it so i'm looking forward to whatever that means yeah and again i know we say this a lot but talk about that that whole scene with with Tyrion kind of monologuing uh just what an expository foreshadowing throne explosion yeah. <laughs> throne explosion <laughs> it is a lot it is so much um I like that they just, I said last episode that if I was in Westeros, I would just be Bran at that table with the Starks looking confused as hell as what's going on. If that weren't true, I would be Tyrion here in this situation, just trying to get drunk to deal with it all and trying to play games that I'm good at. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, I mean, we'll get to her uh, in, our, in our GBJ segment a little bit later, but uh, you like Shay yet? Yeah, I think she's fine. I mean, I don't think they do anything in this, in this bit to make us not like her. I mean, I think yeah. they, I think they, the show writers uh, are very much making her likable and cute and all that stuff, which, which I think works. Uh, I, you know, I liked her up until she, she takes that, that nasty turn later on. And, and, uh, and like I said, I don't, I don't know where we're at in the show really with spoilers as far as like, uh, you know, how far we want to talk into episodes. So maybe, maybe we'll reserve that for when the episode comes, but fair point. I like, uh, just for anyone curious, that little mumbling would have been Jeremy's son walking in as exactly as we're talking about uh, the prostitutes. About the whores. He's <laughs> like, Daddy, what's a whore? And I'm like, Sir, son, let's, uh, let's diagram this. Go get your driver's board. Just, just go watch Game of Thrones. It's on your iPad. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been a while while I'm trying to binge some of these episodes and he hears some of the comments. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. yeah this is exactly what your kindergarten teacher and I are going to discuss when I get to school. Yeah. Once he's caught up, I mean, he can join in. Yeah, he he, get, yeah, he likes dragons. He's only on episode. Like, he's only on episode six right now, so we don't want yeah, to spoil so, anything. But I w- so we don't get introduced to this character, but we get introduced to who they really are. Uh, Aemon Targaryen, one of the one of the coolest twists, I think, in the first season. Yeah, the 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 maester, right? Of the maester of, at of the, of wall. the wall. Yeah, uh, cool twist. I don't. Uh, I don't. I probably just don't know enough about the show to really know how impactful that is. Because, again, it kind of... I think the first time I watched it, I didn't even know what the hell they were talking about. 
But, uh, but uh, again, I haven't read the books. I don't really know the lineage or the family lines well enough to know um, how important that really is. And even this time watching through, I get it for this, for really just the conversation at that specific point with John. I don't necessarily know how important that is moving forward. But yeah, I think it's it's certainly just the the element of of duty really establishing it because he is, from what I understand, he's the Mad King's uncle okay but he was the older brother he was given the throne and he turned it down to go to the citadel and be a maester interesting did he i and forgive me if he blatantly said it but did he say why he turned down the throne i don't think he did um i don't know if he just he didn't want to deal with it or, or what i know they talk about it more in the books but i can't i can't bring that to the top of my head right now mm, okay yeah that's that's interesting good some, but some it, good backstory some backfill and in talking about John, we get another little bolster to his character in him getting the best reward that anyone has ever gotten <laughs> for anything. Um, Longclaw, his cool sword. Yeah, what I I did not realize that was so early in the show. Yeah, I, I was a little shocked by that actually. I uh, I was surprised because that sword was supposed to go to Jorah, correct? And then he yes, but he dishonored the family. He, just, he showed dishonor by, you know, just selling some slaves. As we, We've all been there. We've talked about that, too. I think the lines are very blurred when it comes to slaves in the world of Game of Thrones. But uh, Now, here's the thing. They mention that it's Valyrian steel, and they do make a, you know, it's, it's this awestruck moment for John. He's like, oh, my God, the sword is Valyrian steel. Um, the only other Valyrian steel we've seen in the show, and I don't know if they ever say it, is Ice, Ned's greatsword that he ends up getting decapitated with later in this episode. Um, but do, do you know about Valyrian steel? Cause they don't touch on it a whole hell of a lot in the show. Hans, do you get why it's a big deal? No, tell me. So Valyrian steel comes from uh, Valyria, the continent where all the dragons and the Targaryens are from initially. Um, and it was made, I think with dragon fire, but like it has magic woven into it and stuff and you cannot make it anymore. Um, we do see an element of the show where there are certain smiths who can like reforge it. So later on, we'll see them take apart Ned's sword and make make a different swords out of it. Um, but you can't make Valyrian steel, so it's a big fucking deal if you have one. And it seems like such a, a a thing that could be explained so quickly that they never really touch on in the show. Yeah, and I don't. I was, say, I was trying to remember from when they reforge it. I mean, they don't. They make uh, another sword with it, but I don't think they add anything to it, right? Isn't it just like just a smaller sword? It's um, trying to think of the character sword they make for it. Yeah, well, they make um, Jamie's, which becomes Brienne's, and Joffrey's. Right, so right, right. They right, both right. get swords. Yeah, but they're and, smaller. And they're not. They're like, smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean. There is a very brief moment, I think, where, where Tywin's showing Tyrion the swords, and we're getting way ahead in the episodes. Yeah. But where Tyrion says, like, oh, you know, you can't make Valyrian steel. And he says, like, no, but you can, you know, we reforged it out of a right. sword that was comically large. Yeah, I don't um, think they mentioned anything about the dragons at all in that. Yeah. So I just, it's just a little oversight that I thought could have been discussed, especially since they're trying to make this big moment over the fact that Jon now has this Valyrian steel sword, um, which, by the way, is badass. True. Yeah, that is, that is badass. So now, uh, what did you guys think uh, of Daenerys in this and uh, her wounded husband, yeah. right? You know, like, just 
<laughs> bitch can't ever win, right? <laughs> no. I mean, no, she can't. <laughs> she saves yeah. she saves the witch who is like, you know, essentially by doing so makes her people hate her. Um yeah. and then, you know, begs for help to save him. She lets her do it, which I think is interesting because I don't I mean, yeah, no one's jumping to it, so she goes and does it, murders the horse, which again they, they have a thing against horses in this show. Um and other animals, right? They just mass slaughter. Um and then of course, you know, comes out all of the the rituals that are happening are not to do anything other than just further damage her love and uh and her herself, so well, it's the motto of the show, Jeremy. You know, you, you can't spell slaughter without laughter. <laughs> um, but that was my least favorite part about the episode. And yeah. I get that they're running out of time to make their move here. But Drogo deteriorated fast. So quickly. So quickly. <laughs> and I don't think, I don't th- I think, I think in the books, uh, it is mentioned that the witch did something to the cut. Like, she's the one who caused it to fester. Okay. She caused, um, yeah, she's the one who caused it They might allude everything. to that here, but they don't say it. They no, never say it. No, they I'll don't, see. they don't, I don't know. They don't even really, they allude to it a bit once she starts talking, and I might even be, that might even be the next episode where she starts talking about, basically she explains that she didn't really help anyone. Um, yeah. But, but they don't necessarily say that she caused the wound to be worse. And, and I think that's the only really logical explanation because that wound wasn't that bad, right? And to deteriorate so quickly, which, again, Game of Thrones just does whatever it wants with time. So who knows? Uh, this could have been a year later for all we know. <laughs> but. This, yeah, this is the episode where you're like, oh, okay, not only are named main characters not safe, characters we love are not safe. Right. Yeah. Right. This is that first oh shit episode where, you know, we and we don't technically lose Cal Drogo in this episode, but you, you can see the writing on the wall there. And then to jump ahead to the end, this is the episode where we lose who many people speculated was the main character of the whole series, Ned Stark. Yeah, and it was powerful. It it was it was it was meaningful. I think that I think it really for Arya especially it creates her, right? This mm-hmm. is that moment where you, she gets that taking uh, life is going to be her life, right? Right. She earlier she's like, you know, do I get to be a? Do I get to be on a throne or what? Or do I get in a war? And they're like, no, you'll have kids. And she's like, that's not for me. And she loves the sword play, and she doesn't have that coal in her yet that's going to burn and make her into that person. And I think this is that moment. And she's like, all right, she gets it. She's like, I'm going to hunt every one of you fuckers down and I'm going to make you pay. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously I, you know, seeing the show before, I mean, we, we knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. And even still, I was just like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they do a great job of, I'm trying to put myself in the first place of me seeing this. Um, they do a great job of making it a surprise because even Cersei Lannister is surprised that this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and I, and I know we're not really there, but we can play this off a little bit. So that's kind yeah. of my topic because, you know, we hate her. Everyone hates her. You know, the show does a good job of, of making her into this person that is resented by everyone. Um, yeah. Even maybe her own family doesn't quite like her. I mean, especially uh, her siblings uh, ex- outside Jamie, who's just tapping that ass. Um, mm-hmm. But 
is Cersei in this moment in this episode where she is saying, "Look, no, let's let's let Ned take the Black Flag. We don't need to murder him. This isn't this isn't right. This isn't the good thing to do." Um, obviously, Joffrey, being the little bitch that he is, makes that decision, um, calling women weak. But what do you think? Uh, does she? Why does she not want Ned to die? That's my question. What what, did, what do you think it gives her or her family or the or the throne? Why why not kill Ned? So I think. We talked about this a bit last episode because I think it was really to keep peace as much as possible with the North and Rob. And she figures if she... Cersei knows that Ned is not a bad guy. And Ned gave her, came to her and basically tried to protect her and her kids the first time around and said, you know, I, I know that I know that Joffrey is not... Uh, Robert's son and I just want you guys to get all out of here while you can and I think a little bit of I mean I think Cersei has a little bit of honor in there still um honor's probably not the right word but but I mean I think I think she might even feel that she does owe Ned that given that he came to her was trying to protect her kids and her and that's her that's her primary goal right is protecting her kids and I think that she you know probably felt she owed Ned that after that. The fact that they went around and killed all the other Starks, though, kind of broke the bridges anyway. Yeah. So I think it was kind of, the whole thing was kind of dumb. Um, but I, I think killing Ned is obviously the last straw. And, and, it, and it shows, right? Because that's when things turn and that's when, you know, Rob and Catelyn and everything basically say, they go from just marching down to save Ned to basically saying, you know, we're going to kill them all. <laughs> so, yeah. It's it's that middle finger you're getting in the episode where not only is there a quick turn to where you have no question in your hearts and minds anymore that Joffrey is an evil son of a bitch. Yeah. Like and it, yeah. it shows in this episode and the next that he's just being like this crazy ruler like from day 1. But also you're seeing Ned finally play this game losing anyway and there's there's this brokenness in him where when you and i I rewound this even though there was no hodor penis i did rewind (laughs) to see uh, what was going on when joffrey calls for his head again everyone's surprised sansa freaks out passes out uh cersei freaks out and she's like no 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 no." um ned stark does not uh, I don't know if he was expecting this. I, I don't know he if he knew it was going to happen. I don't think. I don't think. I think the entire time. I mean, once he was marched out of the prison, I don't think he ever and had any intention on ever going back. And I think that's why he, mm-hmm. you know, gets his daughter, uh, gets her taken out of there. And and the other thing I think is so my opinion on Cersei and why she didn't want him to die was. Things yeah. got out of control really quickly. And she realized that, yes, the Starks are going to march. And she needed to buy more time for her family to be there to prepare for that battle. Right? Because I think that's why they get rushed. That's why Jamie gets, you know, taken at the end. Right? We know that I think if there was more time for them to prepare for the war, they would have been much more dominant early on. And that could be the only thing I think of. Because otherwise, it just doesn't make sense for me. Because she has yeah. been so manipulative and so cruel up until this point. Why? And so you, they take the black, they go to the wall, but everyone knows that's not getting him out of the picture. And there's nothing preventing him from walking away from that wall and being then, you know, a um, not not just a traitor, but a what's the people who leave war? Come on, deserter, deserter. Thank you. Um, yeah. And a deserter to a family that's going to be supportive of him. So I mean, you could argue that the Starks have all of these lords that are willing to work with him anyway, and then further divide the kingdom even more. So. 
Ned, I, I don't think I don't think Ned would do that though. I think if you he went to the wall and he took no. the oath, he would never desert. But I think and he would what, let his kids find honor in uh, honoring his name that he wasn't a traitor, right? Perhaps. Um, that's that's kind of why I think he's not surprised is because he's going out there. He's lying to everyone. He's lying in front of both of his daughters. And he, he probably knows they know the truth, but he's saying these words anyway. And it, it goes to show that this you know precious cinnamon roll, too, too pure for this world, Ned Stark, died when his honor died in that moment, yeah. minutes before they actually killed him. Yeah. Do you think he would have? So I guess in your opinion, why why did he do it? Why did he? Because you're kind of saying he already thought he was going to die going in or he wasn't surprised, which is fine. And I agree with that. Um, do you think he was only lying or only saying those things uh, because he saw Arya and knew that his, both his daughters were there watching? Uh, I think... I'm not of the mindset that he was there to die. I don't think he thought he was going to die. I just kind of thought, you know, he, he, he life was over in one sense or the other. Sure. But I think that it was probably to protect Sansa. If anything, you know, I can't really see what it does, but um, I guess making this stand, because that's, that's Varys' plea to him as well. Like, you know, your life isn't worth anything to you. What about your daughter's? And then that's that's ultimately... What swings Ned, yeah. as far as we can see. Yeah. I just remember the first time I watched that scene. I just remember thinking, when Joffrey says, bring me his head. I just remember thinking, oh, man, how is he going to get out of this one? <laughs> <laughs> this could be some magic right now. Some smoke grenade. It's a very cool, and I've never noticed this in the scene either. <laughs> I rewound it. Um, Ned, so, by the way, and they don't they don't touch on it, so you wouldn't catch it unless you're really paying attention. Ned's decapitated with his own sword, which is a slap in the face. And you see him like kneel down. You see him, what I assume to be praying, saying words. And then you start to see, I mean, it's a very quick shot, but you start to see his head fall away from his body uh, in that shot, which is, I mean, it was really well done. Yeah, it's it's a powerful moment. It's, it's very, very good. Yeah, I'm surprised they went that way with that scene. I kind of thought, because, right, they, they cut it to the point where you can see his head. You see the sword go through him in that scene. Yeah. And then they cut it and then the episode ends. Well, yeah. no, you get pigeons, right? Don't you get pigeons? Yeah, you do get, the, you get the, something. The, the birds flying and Arya kind of oh, okay. but that's she gets it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I was kind of saying, with, with their love for just cliffhangers, I'm surprised they didn't leave it like open. But then it would have been such a weird start to an episode to, just, <laughs> to have his head just fall off and have no idea if he's alive or dead. Which is uh, <laughs> going crazy, in, I mean. uh, this My favorite moment of the episode, um, Rob Stark. Because we see Rob Stark being the perfect Stark here in this episode. He's got the honor. He's got the duty. He's also got tactic. And you can tell it really does affect him when he essentially sends 2,000 men, as he says, to their graves. But he outplays this absolute veteran of war, Tywin Lannister, captures Jaime Lannister. And it's this moment that in retrospect is so bittersweet because we know had he not only made this stupid mistake that only a kid would make down the road, he would be the perfect character. Yeah, he really would. Yeah. And I think he's smart too, right? So we see... um, and I'll just t- I'll just touch on that too. My I wrote it I wrote it down as my best moment too. Just the tactic is awesome. You know, yeah. he sends the two thousand men one way. He well he he takes you kind of get this 
this intro to it, right? Because I think in the last episode, he lets the, the captive go, right? The spy. Yes. He lets him go and he says, how many men do you count? 20,000. He goes, okay, go tell him. I don't, you know, I don't care. And everyone is like, well, what, you know, you think he's kind of this kid, don't know what he's doing, don't know what he's up to. Then he has this awesome, you know, military play. Then to add on to that, uh, he shows that he's not necessarily as naive as he probably could be at his age because Jamie, when he captures Jamie, Jamie goes, okay, let's end this right now. Yeah. One-on-one duel, you versus me. And, and uh, I almost said net. And uh, Rob says, uh, Rob says no, because he knows he would, you know, he knows he would lose. And he, you know, it's just the, it's the dumb move to make, right? It's the, it's the, uh, it's that don't want to lose my honor of, of give of, uh, you know, chickening out kind of thing that many people would have taken him up on. So uh, I think all True. of this, this episode just made me, you know, it made me, you know, Rob goes straight up to my, my top character of the moment right now. So. And I kind of thought, thought that was interesting when he wants to do the one-on-one because I, th- I was thinking, like, so even if, I mean, because clearly he's gonna, he would destroy Rob. We know he's such a, but why do that? Because if you do that, like, they're capturing you, but if you kill Rob, they're going to kill you, right? I mean, they're not letting, well, you, it's, they're not letting it's you leave this, the camp, right? It's It would be this thing, and I think they established this better in the books, where they're, in, instead of going to war, you basically, just like Tyrion's combat trial, you have you appoint champions and you duke it out one on one, and right. you would assume that they would honor that. Especially, I think Jamie knows them being Starks, Starks that they will, that they would. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was in the war setting. It's like you're taking a capture. Like that's kind of ballsy. He, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, Jamie's I Jamie's. Uh, how many? I'm trying to think. How large was Jamie's army? Uh oh. I don't remember because I don't think it, I don't remember if it says that right. So yeah, I don't it's like remember. to get to get schooled in the art of war himself. Then after Tywin is you know essentially telling him how to do things, or he, you know he's shown to be such a great general as well. So yeah, no, it was good. I mean, this episode's just packed full of the very important things. So yeah, and I I get to, I get it to a point. I'm I'm having trouble visualizing the scale of these lands. Because apparently this passageway, this this that's caused by this river, right, uh, yeah. is so narrow that they need to go through this this wall of fray to get by it. And then when you look at the little map that they have, you know they have the two the the Lannister armies, which look pretty close together, right? Yeah. But apparently <laughs> Tywin's army just doesn't even like no spies, no one notices eighteen thousand men kind of going around them. <laughs> you know I mean? Right. And and I, I'm sure it's just uh, I'm sure it's just me not being able to visualize the scale, but it, it, it does seem interesting that the spy was already at their camp now, see, counting their men that they didn't have other spies kind of in the peripheral area to see that those 18,000 men basically went right by them to mm-hmm. Jamie's yeah. army. So it's, yeah, it's true. I think it's, yeah, it's an interesting issue and we're, we're running a little long, but I just want to say there were great moments, uh, not a, except for the Cal Drogo thing. I didn't think too much bad. Um, and then just to hit the J real quick in the GBJ, uh, we got to see Shay's titties yeah. and I appreciated and were, that. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> Little buns Loved in the it. oven. Those were nice. Those were sort of soft. Pliable. Indeed. Fancy. And speaking of buns in the oven, yes. pastries are half the battle here on Thrones and Scones. Tony, I hear you are providing us with this delicious scone today. Tell us all about it. I will tell you it. all about it. Sure. It's strawberry yogurt. It's from Starbucks. Mizai. And that wraps us up today. Thank you for joining us on Thrones and Scones. You can follow us at Instagram, Twitter, 
Facebook, and other things that I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think you nailed it. <laughs> Pretty much nailed it. There's a website. Uh, there's a website, yeah. Um, we, uh, we've enjoyed this, uh, this episode and this season so far. Join us again tomorrow, season one, episode 10, the finale. Yeah. Uh, I think we're super stoked to the fire and blood, I believe. No, you nailed it. Yeah, fire and blood. All right, and just quickly before we close it up, um, are you down with G O T? You know me. Well, you know me. <laughs> <laughs>